This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! the devil are you it's me hi i'm the pundit it's me how are we doing rich yeah all right i hurt my back through just standing up <laughs> for, for for longer than usual if that isn't a sign of age and you know obesity i don't know what is i'm feeling it in the knee today as well so i'm i'm on mutual territory with you there good that makes me feel better uh, Mrs. P not happy with the lack of work I've been able to do, especially in childcare today, due to bad back. But hey, <laughs> there's nothing I can do. Joe, Joe, apart from the company I was in, that was one of the worst away days I've endured in quite some time. What happened? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe it was... I mean, to be fair, this is a game that we've been looking forward to since we did it last season. And yes. I joined you and Connor and Sophie in Tiny Rebel, and I admired the wings that you'd all ordered and had already played it safe by a burger and thought, next time we'll be back here, we'll have a great day, we'll have a lovely time. And we've kind of had that marked on the calendar. I had everything uh, all set right. Planned my journey out lovely. Had a parking space that was literally 50 yards away from that little slip-through path to go straight into the away end. 
I didn't realise as well 50 yards away from a decent coffee shop, but that's one for another time. And uh, I thought everything was, was going to go swimmingly. Maybe maybe everything was all going too well for the start. Mm, yeah, for me, when I, when I left the house with my usual bouncy enthusiasm that it's a football day, my legs and my back were just like, no, slow down, Rich. This, no, mate, you've 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 done it all wrong. And I was like, okay. Got to the train station. Everything's running on time except for half of Ireland and exiled Welsh folk are getting on the same five carriages as I am or trying to get into the same train with five carriages as I am. Managed to get in, although I had to endure morning Guinness odours uh, across... <laughs> <laughs> from Bristol to Newport um but what 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 can I say these things happen don't they yeah I think that it's it's difficult with the early kickoff and I think probably a big factor in that was the fact that we had the uh the game of the principality in the six nations I think there might have been um an autumn international on when we came in November last year but mm-hmm. it's not as not quite as as busy or as eventful and I think everybody who went via train had quite a a jammed, packed experience, but that was good preparation for going in the end behind the goal because that was similar as well, wasn't it? Yeah, the, as the first half was about to start, there was some congestion, shall we say, in the middle parts of the away end as fans squeezed in for their view of choice. It's not terracing at Newport. So walkways were all blocked. Uh, it wasn't like you just shifted along. There were seats in front of you. So, it, you know, it, it didn't really work in the same way as terracing does. And there was a lot of confusion as to whether seats were allocated or not. And they were not. Uh, I think if you watch the highlights, if you see loads of seats, it's, it was a sold out way in, but everybody's in the middle, <laughs> which is where we were. But we were there first, damn it. Yes, are we going to, are we going to talk about it now? We're going to talk about the mortifying experience that I had when a very enthusiastic young lad came in relatively early on, gave it a scout around and looked me dead in the eyes and said, I don't want to sit here with all these pensioners. <laughs> there was only a few of us on there was only a few of us in that place and he looked at you dead in the eye. I know I've got a bit of a bit of salt and pepper in the in the beard, but I I still convinced myself that you know I could pass for mid twenties, and that was a very clear delineation that I cannot. So thank you, whoever yeah. that was. Cheers. Yeah, and you were the youngest of the trio too. Yeah, exactly. It was the the baby, the baby of the stand, if you will, until he came along. <laughs> uh, up the mighty pensioners. Maybe we're just trying to help Jody Morris fit in with the pensioner vibe. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, well, I'm still younger than him as well, so well, maybe we <laughs> can feel a little better about it. Um, but yes, an intra, a, an unusual vibe throughout, though. There was something. I don't know if I'd say a nervousness, but there was a there was a restlessness uh, across across the whole fan base as well. Not singling out individual groups or anything like that, but there did just seem to be. A bit of a bit of wariness and trepidation going into it. It was weird, wasn't it? And we did talk off mic about how much detail we wanted to go into this because there's been a lot of conversations about this away day, and it wasn't. It didn't feel like anything to do with the game itself because a lot of what 
you would have been reading and, and hearing from people who went to the game who weren't happy. A lot of it happened before the game even started. But what was really weird is it this was the first game for Jody Morris, and there was no acknowledgement from that from the mass collective. I'm sure, like and elsewhere where we weren't based, there might have been clapping and a few attempts at songs, but there was nothing on the whole, was there? Well, I don't think it's fair to say there was absolutely nothing because I very much vividly remember maybe in the first 10 minutes or so from the the little little area in the side stand, the covered area, one lone voice asking for Jody to give him a wave. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And he didn't oblige. That was rude, I thought. If he heard him, that would have been an achievement because <laughs> it wasn't exactly too audible from, from where we were stood how how is it being a welshman in a, in an end which you know was hellbent on 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 declaring war with with our welsh pals what a what a, a welshman whose whose connection to wales is that very town where my uh, father grew up with his whole family and a lot of my family live walking distance to the ground yeah um yes not not the most comfortable <laughs> there's mostly been called the c word i like but i'm with you i'm one of you um yeah. yeah. Look, I can take it the thing is I can uh, we get all the, you know, the in inferences with sheep and all of that kind of stuff. Any anti-Welsh chant, I can it's water off a duck's back to me. But people chanting Johnny is English. There is a line. You can't <laughs> yeah, go that yeah. way. I saw your face <laughs> drop then. That, that the man who recorded and published an England exit from a tournament. And the Welsh reaction from their hotel, well, I can tell you, <laughs> those weren't the actions of a proud Englishman, were they? Absolutely not. The uh, <laughs> the Kent Cymraeg, uh are in full voice. Yes, they are. So, yeah, a weird one. And as I mentioned, it's not a terrace. So it was a bit bemusing to have three drunken veteran Stone Island wearers uh, who decided to spend the first half standing directly in front of all three of us um not too bad for me because i've got height but the big problem was the guy who was stood right next to me one wanted me to be his sort of support so he was drunken yeah he wanted he wanted me as his his cushion yes and he was swaying with all the booze because I, i imagine one of the issues with this weekend was the early kickoff so people were Trying to get five hours of drinking into three hours, and these these guys turn up, and they're a bit worse for wear, veterans. But probably it's time to start thinking about retirement, guys. And he was just swaying around and around, getting seasick back there. But every time he leaned back, I would lean back because I wasn't going to be his cushion. Oh, it was oh, it was a weird day. There, there is wisdom to say as well that you don't have to cram it all in for an early kickoff because you know we went to the pub afterwards and we ate and there's two rugby games on and you know even then it was still not even six o'clock. There's plenty of time to get the drinks in. It's a full Saturday. Well, and also given the way that some Swindon fans acted post game, there probably wasn't enough time after the game. <laughs> uh, given that they uh, they started throwing stuff around, which is where you draw the line, really. You know, a few toilet rolls and liquids going in the air pre game is one thing, but when you start getting the uh, the furniture out and throwing them around, 
that's when you know England's in town. Yeah, you can you can keep it keep it silly, but there is a line, and I know there's been a lot of a lot of uh, conjecture about this online. Fact is, today after the game, I've had to go to Screwfix today for roll plugs, and as much as these <laughs> fit young men think that they'll be on the terraces forever, and their Sundays and weekends won't be taken up with those things. Give it 20 years, they'll be in screw fix on Sundays as well, and they'll be tutting at <laughs> the next generation for being yobbish. It's it's the circle of life, isn't it? The circle of life, indeed. Let's talk about the football then. Let's let's go with the starting lineup for Swindon because there were a few changes that we were expecting and one or two that we were hoping wouldn't be the case, but did happen. So Brennan goal, then a back four of Hutton, Niandolo, Brennan and Blake Tracy. Kaji and Kane in that sort of defensive midfield role with Wakeling and Hepburn Murphy on the wings. Williams just behind Charlie Austin up front on his own. Tom Clayton, Ronan Darcy, Luke Jeffcott and Tommy Adeloy would all feature during the game. So Khan was suspended whilst Lavinia, who Hepburn Murphy replaced, was injured, as was Tyrese Shade and Jeffcott dropped to the bench. The only thing really, Joe, about that starting lineup that surprised me was I just remember seeing how shattered Hepburn Murphy looked post Ginningham. And I was surprised to see him in the starting lineup for this one purely on the basis of that, because I know they're trying to integrate him slowly but surely. But as the opening stages would suggest, I was wrong because he was one of the busiest members of the Swindon Town squad in the opening stages before his 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 day was cut short. But what was your feelings on that lineup? Similar kind of thing, yes. I was surprised to see him him in. But then when you when the press was coming out and you're seeing who's not available. And of course after deadline day, you know, we might have expected that when we got Tomlinson in that he'd be available. He's not quite uh there. No Lavinia, no um shade either. So it was kind of going to be at, at bare bones. I guess half expected Kane and Kaji to be in there, but uh, it was a tall ask, you know, to expect them to link up in that defensive midfield area. Um, but looking at the bench, I think everybody would kind of pick the same. And uh, yeah, I, I felt like maybe we'd written off uh, Hepburn Murphy for the start because first first 10 minutes or so he looked like uh, he was going to seriously threat threaten them i thought that we had um quite a game on our hands yeah my memory of the opening stages is that it was it was slow a little bit disjointed but ultimately it looked like once we warmed up and got going that we would unnerve them a little bit yes yes exactly it was a bit slow and plugged they had a few a few chances that didn't trouble Bryn, uh, it was one that just sort of rolled straight to him in the middle. Um, and when we did break, we were pushing forward, and you can see you know, Austin getting into position. And uh, there's a quick turn further up the pitch with Murphy. It it did look like you know we we're just starting to get warm, and that eventually we'd just start to hopefully unlock. Uh, but. Very quickly, the game had different ideas, didn't it? Oh, well, yeah, it did. And we've still got a little bit more to go before we talk about that incident. Incident. Kaji. Dylan Kaji made his debut and he started the game really well and he looks like a a promising signing. Yeah, yeah, he did look. He did look very bright. It's, it's, it's a sad day for many of us, you know, where we're 
uh, licking our lips at the prospect of another Bristol City loan, but um, certainly no complaints there. He seemed to he seemed to have a lot of uh, a lot of promise there, and that was definitely somebody that um, seemed to impress across the board. A few a few sloppy decisions here and there, but I think when you're when you're coming in new to a squad, part of that is about feeling out the players around you rather than necessarily a reflection on um how you play so that that will improve anyway so seem very very pleased think he will slot in um ideally he certainly looks okay doesn't he so as you mentioned Newport have a couple of chances I think there was a header that was comfortably collected by Bryn and I think the first talking point for Swindon came from an Ellis Iandolo tackle which which got to Charlie Austin and his through ball for Wakeling uh, resulted in him going to ground, wanting a penalty. In the post-match, Jody Morris mentions that he thought that we should have had two or three penalties. And before I'd watched the highlights, I was like, what? Where? When? How? And this is the first of them, and probably of the three, the weakest shout for a penalty. Yeah, and I think it was happening so early on as well. It was it was a, a light touch of waking goes down, and you... Well, the bias of fans is that we're all going up and, and claiming it. But looking back, it, it did look a, a little soft. I can maybe see why the ref didn't give that one. Well, the, the problem is, is all the incidents relating to possible penalties happen at the other end of the pitch. And I don't recall any crazy levels of, of disdain towards the referee over any of those decisions. But but yeah, that, that one's probably the weakest. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. It's not the you, you're saying before about not really being like a terrace. You kind of got open. Uh, it's a bit like a temporary stand that they put in with seats behind the goal, and then you've only got uh, kind of like the same sections that you'd have in the arcles, but just the just the one tier of that. So it's quite hard and low down to see what's going on at the other end, which is where all the action in the first half was happening. It was happening away from us. So in the in the cold light of day and watching it was difficult to assess you just see your 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 team your player go down and assume must be a shout (laughs) yeah and a couple minutes later was the second shout for a penalty where I think we're getting warmer aren't we uh Hepburn Murphy with a with a solid run his shot is blocked but there's a little bit of a follow-up tackle I don't know if it's after the shot is taken or just as it's happening and I imagine that's something that Jody Morris would have liked to have looked at. Um, and Austin's effort is blocked and it goes off for a corner. That follow-up tackle, I, I don't know, he takes him out. Yes, yes. And I think that, that probably plays a factor into um, into what happens within the uh, the following five minutes as well. You're already, uh, you're already getting that wound up because there was a, a lovely bit of running there from Hepburn Murphy going around to the Newport players, but then gets... Uh, snapped out fairly quickly. You did wonder if, you know, he was going to get a bit of needle throughout. Uh but yes, we're edging ever closer to <laughs> to probably the the main point of the game and what what turned it on its head. Probably he's doing a lot of the work there. Uh, <laughs> it is absolutely the turning point of the game. Who knows what would have happened over 90 minutes 11 versus 11, but the reality is Rashawn Hepburn Murphy tangles with James Clark in front of the home grandstand, the home bench, the fourth official. 
<laughs> pretty much everyone you don't want to be nearby. Uh, it's standard stuff until Cameron Norman steams in, no doubt sensing his latest victim, and Hepburn Murphy pushes him sort of against the chest. Uh, Norman goes to ground like Marco Matarazzi has disrespected Zidane's sister, clutching <laughs> his poor, untouched face. And it's a red card for Rashan. Adam Lewis in the t- Harry Toffolo role, celebrating, not as wildly, not enough for Bristol City fans to uh, call the police. But <laughs> th- there was a lot of debate about this. And a lot of the fans at the game were around us were absolutely incensed with this decision. As is modern times, we can interact with people who who are watching it from a better angle or with a better angle than us. I mean, as far as I was concerned, as soon as I saw it, he's off. He's gone. And that's how the referee interpreted it. But as you shared with us um, quotes from Newport County manager Graham Coughlin, who says, post-match, I should read the article, post-match, county boss, Coughlin disagreed with the dismissal of Hepburn Murphy and stated the game has gone if players are sent off for a mere push. Speaking to the South Wales Argus, Coughlin said, I personally wouldn't have sent the lad off. Yes, to the letter of law, he raised his hands, but he's a young lad and sometimes they do dab things. Um, (laughs) Hopefully he learns from it and doesn't beat himself up about it because he won't be the first or last to do that the occasion possibly got to him and it will be a big learning curve for him but the game has gone when you are sending people off for that he didn't chuck a punch i would have been disappointed if one of my players was sent off for that if he smashes someone then throw the book at him but i'm not sure players should be sent off for a push so that's him so that's Craig goflin there awkwardly trying to toe the line by saying, well, you know, he's, he's been sent off. and it's, But the reality is it was soft. And it's his own player, Cameron Norman, clutching his face that sold it. We've all had players do this. There's no self-righteous nonsense to be had. It was a red card. You could debate it till the cows come home. But the fact is, is that he, he invited the opportunity for that kind of thing to happen. There's maybe yeah. an argument I've been thinking about this that... It, if this is happening uh, on the opposite side where you've got um, away and home fans, you're away from the dugout, you're away from the fourth official, you know, the chaps in the old uh, compede Veruca plasters stand were having a time of it, weren't they? And when you're doing it in front of both benches and it's that impulsive, you can't... Yes, we could all debate about would a yellow or a couple of yellows to just calm it down, be more proportionate. But when it's right in that action zone and lots of loud noises and voices all around you, you're inviting that opportunity to happen. And I think that we could all we could all at least agree that he shouldn't have done it. Yeah, and I think the loud noises is what's triggered Hepburn Murphy doing it in the first place too. It's not like just the, the decision to send him off. I think the reason behind the push is also because of all the noise around you. It gets to you, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think looking back on this, he's kind of almost, it's a bit like he gets a bit of a ballet lift off his feet. And I know there was a picture going around where, mm. um, I don't know if this is like a stud rate, it looked quite quite gory, didn't it? It looked like, like exposed flesh. It like, well, I don't know, like a scalpel wound or something like that. It did look you know, harsh. Um, but 
even in those circumstances, you've just got to try and keep a, a level head. I think he got pushed as well. Um, and who's to say we don't have a foursometer on the field as to whether they were uh, equal or that, but a push that could just be go away and get out of my face if you uh, if you invite the opportunity and somebody can just um, go down like they've been shunted by a, a train, won't they? But I'm sure he sleeps well, Cameron Norman. Certainly will do, given what happens later in the game for him. One of the frustrations of the sending off, other than the fact that it changes the game, we're all questioning why on earth we've got on trains and in our cars and and paid tickets for this because now we know what's coming really, and it's only fifteen minutes in when when the sending off happens. What really frustrated me was just how little it changed the game in terms of in terms of like the pressure. Newport had the numerical advantage throughout the first half, but Swindon cope with it. They have plenty of the ball, but we're not getting bombarded. We've not got the proverbial kitchen sink thrown at us. We were just coping with it reasonably easily. And imagine if we didn't have to change the way we were set up and going at them. There for the taking, but oh well, never mind. Yeah, I did wonder almost like thinking back whether we just we coped a little bit too much and maybe you know, trying to have a little bit of a little bit of guile and forethought to go for it like happened later when we're you know we're behind and chasing if we'd actually rather than just trying to steady it and get to half time which is what it felt like it felt like we were just playing for uh playing for the end of 45 and then to try our luck and see if we'd get some luck shooting in front of our own fans um I mean, you got the feeling it might be a bit more productive. It did kind of nullify that attack, and it seemed to entirely take Austin out of the game because I really can't remember anything that happened to him after Hepburn Murphy came off. <laughs> well, I imagine before he came on, Luke Jeffcott was sat on the bench going, I told you, I've been telling you, it's tough up there, man. <laughs> I'm sure he did, I'm sure. He did. And, and another one of his uh, allies on the bench as well, so... um yeah, an interesting day for strikers. Okay, I, I really don't think there's much more from the first half we need to talk about, is there? Because not much happened apart from the third penalty shout, which came from a corner. And I've watched it a few times now. Bodies fall over the place. No penalty was given. But the noise from things that I've read and listened to is that's that's the one that people think is a penalty. Again, like you said, they're all... They're all... They're all ones that you couldn't necessarily be sure of, but of the three that might have looked more, or you've seen you've seen more of those given than the other two. Yeah, England's getting a penalty in Russia 2018 for that. Oh, absolutely, of course they would. <laughs> uh, so the the second half starts in a similar way to how the first half was playing out after the after the red card. Not much was happening. And it was just a dull game of football, but there was this feeling of inevitability, shall we say. And it came in the 54th minute. It's a really quite excellent cross by Adam Lewis, and it was headed home uh, by that first half villain, the Oxford failure, Cameron Norman. Uh, Ellis Iandolo's marking, though. Oh, dear. Yes, he didn't seem to have him at all, and uh, 
the cow normal got to play the uh, the panto villain perfectly. I'm sure that they were all uh, singing his name on the walk home. Were we allowed to go that way for the police vans blocking us off? The Headley, I should say. We did nothing really after that, did we? I mean, it's, it was one of the big frustrations again of this game where my only memory of the 24 minutes between goals, uh, irate Swindon fans having a go at other Swindon fans because they're not explaining what happened with the first goal because they missed it because they were elsewhere doing other things. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much my memory um, of of immediately after the first goal and not much else happened and certainly nothing in terms of Swindon attacking. No, it's really not. If I think back, in, if I'm looking for... If I'm looking for positives, you know, going into the first half, you had Bryn looking quite steady, and it was kind of nice to see uh, Kieran Brennan getting involved and getting a little bit of a little smattering of love. That was about it for the first half. When the second half started and everything was all going the opposite end, and the ball was not coming anywhere near our end for the first ten minutes, you sort of got that sinking feeling. And then probably the the highlight or the response from that that was most impactful was Blake Tracy getting the bit between his teeth and trying to be the one to actually get things moving and get forward. Uh, other than that, it was it was ever so quiet. Yeah, and and that was beginning to annoy Swindon fans, and that's where you start hearing the the sort of drunken slurring of. This would have never happened if Gavin Gunning was in charge and someone bemoaning the lack of Charlie Austin's pace as if he was once lightning quick. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the revisionism started <laughs> uh, started quickly. Um, yeah, there was, there was <laughs> a maudlin feeling, yeah. There was more theatre in the stands this weekend than there was on the pitch, wasn't there? I mean, it was... It was hard not to. I, I'm not outraged about anything. I didn't feel intimidated or anything like that. I wasn't. I didn't see any of the, the things that have emerged on social media that that Swindon fans have been accused of doing and saying and so forth. Yeah, it was. It was a bizarre day. That's the when it when it's when it's going hard. There's so much expectation going into it in such a such a big turnout that uh, I think that there's been. There's been a frustration percolating from having uh, all those postponements. We had the manager's search that, although we're very pleased or uh, hopeful of the appointment that we got, it took a long time. Uh, deadline day, I think people are still on the fence. I just think maybe all that stuff was just just coming to a to the boil. Mm, but I didn't yeah. see. I, I like you. I didn't see anything that's to the extent of what people have have discussed. Um, just people seeming like quite narky at one another. Yeah, it was very much, very much that way. Uh, Newport got their second goal with about 12 minutes to go. Nathan Mariah Welsh passes to Callum Kavanagh, uh, but his smart dummy evades the town defence. And well, um, Aaron Lewis is put through on goal, but he chooses to pass back to the debutant Kavanagh, who walks the ball into the open goal to make it 2 0. Graham Kavanagh's son. Do you remember Graham Kavanagh, ex Stoke and Cardiff? Yeah, I can make um, you feel but... good. That one, yeah, yeah. Is that him? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. That, that, there we go. Um, another another feeling old moment as somebody <laughs> I used to really want Swindon to sign. You know, back in those League One years when he was at Cardiff. 
yeah, there we go. Two nil Swindon, and it was a re- it was a good dummy, wasn't it? That was good. Oh. It was a good dummy. It was a good dummy. Yeah, and um, that was that. Then it was just a case of seeing the game out. Newport did show a few moments where they could have got through again. I think they may be in a one on one, but um, we we denied it. And then, well, just before the ninetieth minute, Austin made way for Tommy Adeloy, and you know what? What are you going to do? in that time well score a goal is the answer uh, <laughs> um in in the build up i think we only had one shot because i remember doing the 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 ironic yay uh, when we managed to make the terrible nick townsend do something uh, we had a shot on target which he comfortably saved there was still time for him to do his little wobble with a terrible kick out and then a little while later he concedes one second into injury time. Congratulations to Tommy Adeloy uh, for scoring his first EFL goal, let alone his first Swindon goal. It's a good finish, but I think Swindon fans would be upset if Bryn conceded that. But who cares? It, it could be a hugely important goal if Adeloy is here for the rest of the season. Yeah, big confidence builder. It was a nice finish. It yeah, was not necessarily as clean and as neat as a as a striker would necessarily want it to be, but placement was ideal. He was getting around and getting quite noisy. Um, I'm very happy with that. I'm glad to have seen two goals because I forgot to say I didn't see um, the opener because somebody was showing me a picture of uh, Matthew Baudry in a <laughs> what is it in a Bournemouth tracksuit instead. Hey, your brain chose to look down at that picture. Yeah, so you know. Don't blame me. I just looked up just as it was going in as well. So um, I got all free in. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I, I think it, a message came through on WhatsApp of Baudry in, in a Bournemouth, <laughs> on Bournemouth duty, uh, which, you know, modern football, man. You just, you know, you can go and moonlight somewhere else. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad gig if you can get it. That's it. And after encouraging me to look down, dear listeners, our uh, mature and intrepid host goes, I saw that and you didn't. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Some things aren't to be shared. Come on. And I was not exactly that elated as the goal went in. There was a little bit of time in between. Joe, what are you doing to me here? You know, this was. The, I think this illustrates the point that we had to make our own entertainment by this uh, <laughs> this stage. Oh man, yeah, I was not happy that that goal went in, but it happened. But anyway, uh, it was a semi-entertaining injury time, purely because the natives got really nervous, didn't they? I mean, it didn't feel like an equaliser was coming, and in fact, Bogle hit the post for Newport, didn't he? And we just couldn't put the right cross in and it finished 2-1 Newport. Uh, then uh, the biggest roar of the game, I think it was bigger than either of the goals, uh, was the full time. And that and that was that. Town sit in eighth place after 28 games, which is exactly the same position as we were at the same point last season. But we have one point less than what we did last time round. So no massive reason to to be panicky but we, we didn't need that did we it was it was it wasn't a good one no and it is reassuring as well to like to listen and, and read back through the post-match comments from Jody Morris that there's not you know there's not excuses and oh we played well for 10 men or those kind of things I don't think that he was uh he was best pleased with with the outcome or how it went down and even even going down to 10 I think he felt that we lacked 
lacked a lot of bite, which is when you have something like that happen and you have a game like yesterday, you don't want you know the excuse book to come out. So I'm at least I'm at least reassured that action will be taken to um to curb that. Mm. Yeah. He, I mean he said in his post match, difficult from a physical aspect, going down to ten men is always difficult. Regardless, we could have passed the ball a lot better, especially in the first half and even before the sending off. We weren't as brave in possession. We went three at the back after the sending off and looked more comfortable. We made too many mistakes, too many touches. We should have had two, maybe three penalties at nil-nil. Silly mistakes, not brave enough, and we've played into their hands. The thing that clearly annoyed him more was how we played with the ball. Our possession was all over the shop as far as he was concerned, which he, he kept harking back to throughout his uh, throughout his interview. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of kind of basic silly mistakes of you know just basically passing the ball to get blocked. Um, you saw that our only option for a lot of the game until until that goal came through, and uh, I had a little surge forward for the cross that the route was going to be the Hutton route that we found so familiar, but. Down to 10, he just got crowded out. He'd have two people on him. There's even three for one, wasn't there? We, they were just yeah. all there to to block that out. So, um, But even then, there were times where you know, people were either holding on to it too long or you know, picking through silly passes and ignoring the simple ones. It was uh, a bit too erratic. Yeah. Ed Brand was there. We saw him with Sandro Di Michele, didn't we? But he wasn't in, he wasn't in the dugout for the game itself. So hopefully, I don't know if he's working in the week with Swindon or what, but hopefully that, that will sort itself out. It's, it's weird. I, I saw a few comments highlight that if that was a Lindsay performance, then we'd be fuming. I think regardless of who was in the dugout, people were tremendously disappointed with that performance either way. But people have to remember Scott Lindsay left Swindon. He was not sacked. Yeah, exactly. He's the, he's gone via, from his own own volition, and we don't know. I'm going to die on that hill, Joe. <laughs> we we can wonder forever, can't we? How close that you know he was to getting sacked. He never got. We say yes, they didn't get the the vote of no confidence. Um, but I think when you've had when you've had somebody sent off after 15 minutes, and you're facing 75 of those with 10. Um, you know the screw's got to get turned. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Scott Lindsay, Jody Morris, John Sheridan, whoever in the in the stands. You're going to be in for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I asked for listeners' contributions, and I was all ready because I didn't know how we would stretch this episode out. But we've done quite well so far. Uh, I was going to read out as much as I could, but the general consensus was essentially unfair and impossible to analyse this performance as Swindon were down to 10 men for 75 minutes. Man of the match, Fraser Blake Tracy. That's pretty, that's pretty much what 80, 85, 90% of, of, the, of the feedback was. A few bits and pieces uh, to observe. SN3Red says, hard to see any positives apart from Kaji making a decent debut today. So for that reason, he gets man of the match. We've already discussed that that was a promising start. Um, MTH, though, says complete lack of discipline and responsibility, which has been the story of our season. Austin and Fraser Blake Tracy are leaders, but that's all we have. 
At the other end of the scale, Iandolo is experienced but still plays like an inexperienced kid and needs to be talked through games. It needs fixing. For all of the positivity that's been around regarding Jody Morris's appointment, there is stuff to do, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, a huge amount to do. And of course, if you've got people who are... Uh, you know, on the treatment table as well, that that limits your options in terms of what you can do. So, in some ways, perhaps it's it's good to you know to have that baptism of fire as a, a first game, and you know have a, a list of things that you want to you want to change. Because um, yes, yesterday was was not where we are uh, where we want to be, is it? No, and, and something else that's been highlighted post Hepburn Murphy's red is. If you count all competitions, which I know people do at their convenience, because some of these reds do happen in the EFL trophy, that's eight for the season, which is the joint highest that we've had in the last 10, 12 years. Um, by my by my calculation, we had eight sent off in the 2013-14 season. All the others between this season and 2009-10 have been less than that. So we've still got 18 or so games to to beat the record for the last few years. We're getting red cards this season, Joe. I can't see that that's particularly going to change either because I know that... Didn't we have something last season where Lindsay got sent off as an assistant? So I don't think... I don't imagine that he would have been particularly hot on uh, policing the discipline. And as is shown from from those stats there that obviously must be the case um you had jody morris saying about you know there's such a thing as good yellows in the presser on the weekend it's it's almost like a recipe for for disaster bring back the days of you know a a stern a stern look from ben garner under his gilet to say that he's not mad he's just disappointed that long coat used to wind me up (laughs) the sleeping bag yeah the sleeping uh, bag Something like the else. very hungry caterpillar. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, final final message here. Fella Fell says, the poor transfer window showed its head. Morris is the right man, but the recruitment isn't good enough. How have we not signed two centre-backs? It's really worrying. When we did the transfer window ramble, the thing that I said was that generally I was happy, but there will be discussions about certain areas. And centre-back is that because Kieran Brennan... He's up and down, isn't he? He's not great one week. He's all right the next. And Fraser Blake Tracy isn't a centre-back, really. So let's hope Tom Clayton stays fit. Absolutely. I thought he was excellent when he came on yesterday. If he'd had if he'd had more time, he might have been a Malamatch uh, shout because he was great uh, in terms of getting the play forward as well. But we've got... Uh, we've got problems in that area and it's not just it's not just uh the absence of bodies but whatever people might have thought of angus mcdonald is losing that experience and losing the uh the leadership i'm sure that somebody like blake tracy can step up there but uh, it's a it's a concern isn't it and when we've got we'll think of who the main injuries i've got like lavinian shader of the regulars at the moment who are hopefully not out for too long just those two absentees make it look really, really threadbare, and I'm not sure it's quite, as I said earlier, I'm not sure it's quite fair to uh, criticise too much uh, Kaji and Kane's contributions or how effective that they were, because you know, this is this is all new territory for them, and it will take time for them to become 
acclimatised to their teammates. So it is looking a bit sparse. But ultimately, the game, it, it felt more like a rubbish away day. Just one of those performances. They happen. You don't want it to happen on, on your new head coach's first game in charge. But given the reason, really, why we lost that game... We lost a player after 15 minutes. Exactly. We can can bemoan the day as much as you like, but that fact remains that that is the the underlining thing about about the away day. Uh, Oh, Dan Hunt uh, sigh there for (laughs) the listeners. Now I know how you feel, Dan. Um, (laughs) We'll end on a positive man of the match. We've already pretty much said who it was because of the general consensus of, of listeners. There was at least one nod. For Jake Kane, you've highlighted that Tom Clayton did well when he came on and there were several votes for debutant Dylan Kaji, but Fraser Blake Tracy won the listeners' vote by quite some margin and it's hard to disagree. And he's asked to keep, which is very exciting. Can I, and on a positive note, I'll uh, I'll mention on behalf of my uh, Newport County loving faithful, there was uh, the minute's applause for uh, former chairman, uh, David Hando at the start of the game, he was the guy who kind of steered the ship from you know when they had liquidation and they were the exiles playing in Morton in the Marsh, not far away from Swindon. Uh, so really instrumental in keeping Newport County going. Um, and for all the talk of naughtiness and silliness, that was uh, very well adhered to. So a credit to football. Well done, everybody, for being good. Well done, us. Yes, we we did well there. We were well behaved for that for that minute. I, th- I think the other thing I really enjoy from that is you know of all the you said about the Welsh chance and all the needle. I loved the um, when the Newport fans gave back the uh, we know what we are chant. Some some chap in the seating stands got so incensed he had to be <laughs> escorted out. That was too much for him. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I can never understand what what sit down in your empty seats means because surely if they're stood up, the seat's empty. Well, exactly. We had empty <laughs> seats. Well, we had we had uh, empty seats for double the people in the first half until our <laughs> until our friends called called quits. Not an ideal Saturday, he says. Not an ideal Saturday. And what's that, Skip? It's rail replacement services next weekend. Oh bloody hell! Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Bye-bye. The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 
Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.